Hello and welcome to the Doxology Podcast. I am Jens Nelson. And I am Lucas Stock. This is a podcast dedicated to journeying together on the road that is the Christian faith. Join us as we discuss and investigate theology and the Christian life as we strive for unity amongst our diversity as members of Christ's church. So, Lucas, today we are in Article 6 of the Augsburg Confession. Uh, this is titled, Of New Obedience. Um, we've, we've been making our way through this confession for, well, now going on six weeks. Uh, we've, we've gone through the Father, the Son, the Spirit. We've talked about sin and justification and ministry. Um, and now today, we're talking about uh, once someone has been justified, what then comes next? So it, it's focusing on obedience. It's focusing on uh, the works that we do and then the role that our works and faith play in the life of the believer. So uh, do you want to introduce, um, or maybe, maybe maybe there's something else you want to say. If not, do you want to just go ahead and read? Yeah, I'll just go ahead and read. I don't think I really have anything else to you as far as preamble or intro. So I think we'll just let, let it uh, speak for itself. So Article 6 of New Obedience. Also, they teach that this faith is bound to bring forth good fruits, and that is... Eh, and that it is necessary to do good works commanded by God because of God's will, but that we should not rely on these works to merit justification before God. For remission of sins and justification is apprehended by faith, as also the voice of Christ attests, when ye shall have done all these things, say, we are unprofitable servants, Luke 17.10. The same is also taught by the fathers. For Ambrose says, it is ordained of God that he who believes in Christ is saved, freely receiving remission of sins without works by faith alone. This is a pretty big one. This, I mean, this when we've talked about justification, um, you know, we, we mentioned how on that doctrine the church stands or falls to, to loosely quote Martin Luther. Um, so to now come over here to talk about new obedience, to talk about the relationship of, of faith and works, um, it's it's significant especially when we consider the time that this was written in. Um, when we consider that the Lutherans, um, you know, Martin Luther had, had broken away from the Catholic Church who was, um, you know, pushed out even of, of the Catholic Church. And uh, I think it's fair to say, and I have to, you know, be honest and say, I don't, my, my Catholic theology, my Catholic um, doctrine isn't very robust, but um, this is something that would be, in direct opposition to at least some of what the Catholic Church teaches about works, about the things that we do as it pertains, especially to our salvation. Uh, and so this this article, I think, does a really good job, as the rest of the articles we've covered do as well, um, of being very concise and to the point, but to, to say it really well. Um, at the end of one, where he says, we should not rely on these works to merit justification before God. You know, we've already talked about where justification comes from, that it's it's no good work that we can ever do. Um, but then he also goes on to quote the fathers, and specifically Ambrose, who, as may, maybe some people will remember, is actually um, maybe the, the teacher, the the person, I guess, who, who really helped the spiritual life of, of St. Augustine. Um, so, you know, to quote Ambrose in this context, and I don't know how the Catholic Church holds Ambrose, but I have to imagine, based on how they hold Augustine, that they probably hold him pretty highly too. 
So to have quoted this theologian, this pastor, and to quote him saying basically that faith comes by, I mean, our salvation comes by, by faith and by faith alone, not through our works. So uh, I'm ca- kind of curious what you have to say about this one, though. Yeah, I think it does a really good job of highlighting the distinctions without being like utterly completely separated that you see in the reformers and especially in the theology of the Augsburg Confession and the reformers following after Martin Luther in Germany at this time. It's not a breaking away like like it resulted in a breaking away, but it's it's not a breaking away. Like we've said before, the Reformation doesn't represent a rupture. Um, the The intention of it doesn't represent a rupture with the past. It represents continuity with the past and faithfulness to the past. At the very least, that's how the Reformers understood themselves and their projects to, to be all about. But there is like the whole reason they needed this reformation to be faithful to the past is uh, perspectives had, had, had changed. Theology had grown and developed and practice and devotion and piety had all changed over the centuries as happens. And I think that this article points out a, a different vantage point that the reformers are coming from that when we look at, justification when we look at good works when we look at what we are to do to be saved and then also what we are to do as someone who is saved is it's not about merit then merit is a really really important word theologically that we don't really have time to get into that is really central to these discussions because it's all about meriting grace and that, that doesn't mean I'm saved by my works. It doesn't mean the medieval church was Pelagian. Um, that's a kind of gross, you know, pop evangelical caricature of Rome in general, but also especially medieval Rome that the reformers were, were interacting and, and coming out of. But what is important is that the merit that we have before God as believers is not merit that is earned or gained or accrued by our good works. Um, you know, for, you know, it's, this article is called of new obedience, but two thirds of it is about justification by faith. And I think that is not an oversight or a, you know, a misnomer on the title that it's given in, at least in, in this edition, but it kind of reflects the foundation of that new obedience is that faith that we've already talked about going back a couple weeks um, that is uh, ministered and delivered to people through the church, which we talked about last week. And um, this is kind of how it works itself out. So we're, 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 as we're talking about these good works and this new obedience, we're, we're continuing, or I say we, <laughs> I didn't write this, <laughs> The confession is continuing to enumerate and elaborate on that faith that we, um, that justification is really more to it, justification 
that's apprehended by faith that we talked about a couple weeks ago. And the thing that really stands out to me that I think has been one of the bigger, I, I don't know how to like, I guess I should have thought about this more ahead of time, but one of the, the things that has been a big development in my own sort of theological thinking, and it's really more of just a, a way of thinking or, or a way of using, uh, a way of speaking, I guess, more so than like a new doctrine or a new position. But the this article begins with, uh, this faith is bound to bring forth good fruits and that it is necessary to do good works commanded by God because of God's will, uh, but that, that we don't rely on it for our merit. So, or, or uh, we don't rely on it to merit justification. So what's, what's really important, uh, both just in terms of being accurate and being, you know, truthful, but also from a more zoomed out perspective, being faithful Christians is we, we need to talk about good works as being necessary for salvation. And that's language that I wasn't always comfortable saying, but I think it is really what we see <laughs> in Scripture because faith without works is dead. We are not justified. You know, a man is not justified by his faith, but his faith and his works. That's James. And that this is what, this is, you know, it's kind of ironic. I think Luther is somewhat infamous for not liking James very much. But really, this is this is exactly that passage. This is exactly that side of the coin. The one side of the coin is Paul and Romans, you know, and the other side of the coin is James in chapter is that chapter two? I think so. Um and it's it's that good good works aren't an option. You know, and this is something like we we've already heard and we will continue to hear this confession pick on the Anabaptists a lot. And there were a lot of radical reformers, not all of them, not all Anabaptists, but there were a lot of people that um, at least, you know, maybe fairly, maybe unfairly got lumped together with the Anabaptists who were antinomian and just completely uh, thought that because we are saved by faith, we don't have to worry about uh, what we do or don't do because we're saved by faith. Our works don't matter. Our flesh doesn't matter, which is exactly what Paul, uh, you know, foresees and responds to in Romans, mm. in, in Romans six, when he, when, after he <laughs> expresses the, the free gift, he's like, so do we go on sinning? By no means. <laughs> by no means. <laughs> like it, 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 like that is a particular heresy that always just like, I find hilarious that anyone could, could like it, it, it's just it's so black and white because the people who wrote the the verses about free grace immediately write verses about so stop sinning <laughs> but um anyway that's a little bit of a digression the point is um this idea that it's necessary to do good works is i think really really important to hold on to and it's something that in my limited anecdotal experience can get lost hmm. and this isn't to, to sort of pile on guilt or uh, burdens or pressure or make laws where god hasn't but i don't think saying that god has commanded us and we are bound to do good works is making a law that god hasn't made i think that's 
preaching a law that God has made. Yeah. Um, and also, the found like, like it says, the foundation is our justification apprehended by faith. The, the these are not only works that we're commanded to do; they are, but they're also fruit that is bound, like naturally bound to happen. Um, which is why we can look at a life of you know just sin and unrepentance and say this is not a life reflecting christ right it is not a reason to go judging people who you think are living unrepentant lives of sin and it's not a reason to turn inward into your navel and just start introspecting and wondering whether or not i'm saved because i've done this 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 and this that's not what is being said here um but it is a truth that there's a certain responsibility, expectation, uh, natural consequence of being a believer, of being saved and grafted into Christ. Like that, that does something, and that something involves what they're calling here new obedience. Um, I mean, there ought is, to be a response. I mean, you've had a course, radical transformation, right. and, and you're being bound not just me, Jesus, in my Bible, but you're being bound to a body. And when you live with people, you ought to have this desire to serve, to love, to care for other people. It's, I mean, it seems pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. And even if it wasn't self-explanatory, I think it's pretty clearly explained for us in places like James and Romans and Corinthians. And I could pretty much just name all 66 books. But, <laughs> um, like, I, it... I think that this article, Article 6 of the Confession, captures that idea. Very well. Um, yeah, for sure. Not in a piling on laws and burdens sense. Not in a judging others sense. Not in a, oh, I got to check my fruit or else I can't be sure if I'm saved. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to some of that later, but... Um, in the sense of recognizing what it means to live the Christian life, you know, um, is it's, it's not just a starting point and it's not just an ending point, but there is a transformation that involves new obedience because we don't have this obedience when we are separated from Christ, unregenerate, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so maybe like, that's why this is helpful. Correct me. Maybe if I'm wrong, um, maybe a helpful way to think about this. So you couldn't, for example, look to a work, let's say tithing or um, hospitality or some sort of some sort of work that we find in the New Testament. You couldn't point to that and, and say, see, this is why I'm saved. That's it's this thing isn't or you, you can't say this is what helped me get to be saved. So works don't precede faith. Um, but as you maybe said, works are a fruit or a result of faith, like the works are born out of our already having been obtained faith. Or you yeah. look like you might want to say something. I don't know. If, no, is that no. a good way to think about it? It's not that works come to give you justification, to give you faith, but the, the, the work that has been done within you by the Spirit causes you to want to have good works. And you should and do and... That's part of the new obedience. 
Yeah, and, and that's why I really love the, and obviously it's biblical imagery, but I really love fruit. At, at, like, it's just such a good metaphor for this kind of thing because you plant a seed in the ground, you know, you look on a, an apple tree, like it, there are apples in the right season because that's how it works. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of inevitable. Um, but obviously the tree still has to grow and receive nutrients and go through its natural life cycle or else it's not going to be able to produce that fruit. But, um, but the apple but didn't it, come first. The apple had to yeah, grow. Yeah, and, and it's it's not like it's not like the tree has to choose to produce fruit. Like it, it's that's what it does. You know, the way that it has been created, the way that its life cycle proceeds is part of that involves the 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 production of apples for an apple tree or or you know whatever other fruit, and and it, it's. It's just such a good imagery because it's like the f- you you look to a fruit tree and there is there is fruit and you, and you expect fruit to come from it and you are right in expecting that fruit <laughs> to come from a fruit tree and and humans are very similar in terms of our works in terms of our uh, you know what what comes out of our mouth what comes out of our um, hands and, and what we do with our time or with our resources or in our relationships is obviously on us to do right and we don't always do right but there's this sense that you know jesus talks about i think we i don't remember if this was in uh one of the jonah episodes or or it might have been the last last week it was one in the last week or two you you mentioned the verse where jesus talks about it's not what what goes into a man that defiles him but what comes mm, out or right. I, I don't remember yeah. the exact quote but it's kind of like what comes out is our fruit you know whether it's our words or our actions or whatever and like left to our own devices we're not going to be able to produce on our own these kinds of fruits doing these good works that god commands you know the fruit of the spirit whatever else they might be but when we're not left to our own devices but we're bound to christ it's almost like inevitable that those things will come and it's not this instantaneous you go to sleep one day a heathen you wake up the next day um you know a glorified deified saint you know that that that's not how it works there's a there's a whole lifetime of growth in between uh conversion and you know theosis but um but I think that we need to keep in mind the importance of and the place of we need to be doing these things and we need to because God tells us and we need to because God is changing us and we need to because that's his will and that's what and we know that's his will because it's been revealed to us uh, in scripture and in the tradition of the church and in the practice of all of the saints before us and around us right now that we can see the kinds of lives they lived and the kinds of lives they didn't live Um and we can read the words of Christ, we can read the law of God, and it's been given to us and, and continues to be given to us. Um, and we can do all of those things because we don't need to look to them to merit our salvation. You know, it's not a weighing down the scale so that my good outweighs my bad. We don't need to pursue them in this way because um, 
remission of sins and justification is apprehended by faith. And it's that gospel truth that Mm. allows the other gospel truth, or I don't even like separating them. I don't even think they're really two separate truths, but the other side of that truth to be, I'm going to live a life of of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, and I can, and I will, and I must because of who I've been made to be. Um, And I think that this is a really important thing that I don't, I don't think it really gets forgotten as much as I wonder if it's maybe not emphasized in a way that's healthy. Yeah, for sure. You, you know, it's, it's hard to emphasize it in a way that I think is appropriate without over, you, you know, without falling into the very natural traps of, you know, being a Pharisee, being judgmental, being insecure, whether or not I'm saved. You know, those kinds of things are very easy to fall into. But then on the flip side, we also don't want to fall into, oh, it doesn't matter what you do. <laughs> it just matters what you think or what right. you feel, you know, because both of both sides of that are, are bad. Um, but it's really hard to just kind of stay in that proper emphasis of, of good works are necessary and they don't save you, you know, which is easy to say and, and, and harder to maintain in like actual real life. <laughs> It's easy yeah. to maintain if you're writing a book or if you're, you know, talking on a podcast, but it's a lot harder <laughs> to actually live Do, that, right. obviously. I mean, I think um, a helpful way to help wrap this up is there is not a tension between Paul and James as though they're in opposition to one another. I think, I, I like the way that you put it, they're talking about two sides of the same coin um, about the Christian life. And I think at some point... At, at moments, I think some people have mistakenly spoken to say that there is, you know, there it's a it's a problem within Scripture that there that there's this um, that it's an error or that it's a, like a contradiction or or whatever. But in, in reality, I don't think that's the case. So as as you, the, whoever is listening to this, as you think about these things, um, maybe think about call to mind the things that you do that are good works. Um, think about ways in which you can continue in these good works in in ministering and caring and loving for your neighbor, um, but also for um, your brother and sister in Christ. And um, I mean, is there any greater and any grander reality than that? Like Christ has purchased his bride and that he gives his bride the ability and the opportunity to to be his representative in this world and to do good works. I mean, in a sense, you are showing Christ to the world when you do those good things, when you do these things that, that Christ has called us to do. And when we do the things that scripture has commanded us to do, not out of obligation, um, but out of um, a recognition of how unworthy we've been, um, how great the grace that we've received is. And the only natural response should be awe, adoration, a, a desire to do what, um, pleases our lord so that's kind of where i'll leave it but thank you lucas as always i appreciate your your mind uh, your heart your your friendship and um Aww. you know maybe this podcast is a good work um i don't know that probably not there's a lot of bad things about it <laughs> but you be the judge leave us yeah. a five-star rating <laughs> yes that'll be the the indication but anyway we want to say thank you uh, for listening to this episode of the doxology podcast Uh, if you would like to connect with us we are on twitter 
We are also on Instagram, both under the handle at Doxology Podcast. Uh, you really probably want to be following us because we have some exciting stuff happening next month and you're going to want to know when and what is happening. Um, if you'd like, you can also email us at doxologypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we welcome your feedback. Any questions you might have, um, episode ideas. We're always looking for new episode ideas. I mean, we, we can talk all day long about the things that we like, but if you don't find it interesting, we're just talking to ourselves. We want to hear what you want to have us talk about so that you can become more informed, more educated, or just, you know, learn something new and have a new perspective. So uh, again, thank you. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. And until next time.